0: Welcome to the Chapman CG podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with HR leaders from around the world.
1: Advances in digital technology are bringing about new approaches to the way organizations operate. A shift towards a customer-centric approach to human resources has largely been enabled by smart digitization. This approach requires organizations to rethink the way they interact with employees, reevaluate evaluate the structure of the organization and the way they manage workforce-related activities. I'm here with Rick Hall, Executive Director, Human Resources Global Service Delivery at Merck, to discuss a shift towards a customer centric approach to HR. Hi Rick. Thanks for joining. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um you need to mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your
0: role at Merck? Certainly. Um so my name's Rick Hall, as you said. I'm responsible for global service delivery at Merck and I've been in this role for about the last two years. Um, I've been with the company now for a little over 15 years uh, and have had roles in HR, COEs, uh, as an HR business partner. I've had the chance to work in China on an overseas assignment. And now I've landed in this role of what we call global service delivery, which is effectively HR operations, um, responsibility for HR operations around the world. Um, things like your traditional HR shared services and and the likes. Um, so, in your opinion, how, how is taking a customer
1: centric approach fundamentally changing you know, the HR function? Would you say?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I would say, you know, to me, this is one of those paradigm shift type of discussions where historically, um, as a as an HR professional, over time, it's been my experience and in, in talking to others. Uh, It feels like a pretty common experience that HR would traditionally look at things through a very deep process lens perspective and Mm -hmm. how do we do certain things and what are all the pieces that need to be done to facilitate, uh, you know, talent review process or, uh, you know, talent sourcing or uh, benefits administration or anything that we do would be very detailed uh, down into you know who's responsible for what what are the policies around it, very rules based orientation, but really governing from the process perspective outward rather than looking at it through the lens of you know either the the employee or even in some cases frankly the business um, I do think over time we've seen a, a nice evolution from an h r perspective of really. Driving to to know the business and be seen as a as a critical enabler or driver of business strategies. This notion of consumerism or driving you know customer or client centricity into the world of HR to me lands very much in lockstep with that type of thinking. And fundamentally, the the idea would be whatever it is that you're doing or whatever it is that you're building and designing, the first foremost and and preeminent perspective we should be dealing with is that of the employee, the leader, the manager, the person who's experiencing that process or trying to, better said, achieve that intended objective. Um, So it's quite a quite a paradigm shift and it should lead to, ultimately, why do you do it? It should lead to uh, more uh, engaged employees that are spending time doing the things they're supposed to be doing, not tied up mm-hmm. in, you know, sort of HR process world would be the intended outcome. Can you describe to us, how, you
1: know, what, what that actually means for
0: for Merck? You know, what, a, what does a
1: customer centric approach to HR look like within your organization?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so admittedly, you know, we're, this idea, the the work that we're doing in this is relatively new for us. So we have uh, a feeling of a lot of opportunity here. Um, but some of the conversations that we've been having and, and how we're seeing it start to unfold at Merck is we we wanted to focus in on, you know, what are the clear priority areas? And so naturally you have to take a look first at the context of the business and it it's it's hard to have an HR conversation without first thinking about and talking about the business context within where you're working. But you know, for anyone listening that understands the pharmaceutical uh industry or understands Merck, this is gonna feel fa- fairly basic. But to give some context, uh you know we're a hundred and twenty five year old company that is all about healthcare and innovations in healthcare, creating um new interventions and new solutions to unmet medical needs and healthcare needs. And so um, what we see is that innovation is very hard. The studies out there will show that it takes about $2 billion to create a new drug, for example. And various sources are out there that will show Different numbers, but it's right around the $2 billion mark is what the latest data will show you. And so uh it's a very long, arduous process and journey to get there. And when you go through the peaks and valleys of if you have a new drug coming into market versus if you're living on the tail end of products that have been around and are heading towards their patent expiry periods, your business cycles and the talent implications of those cycles can vary greatly depending on where you are in that in that sort of life cycle of a pharmaceutical company. And, you know, the last several years at Merck, we had been executing on uh, products that had been around for a while that were appearing uh, or nearing their, their patent expiry, expiry period. So, it wasn't a very strong period of growth, uh, organic growth anyway. You know, we get involved in some inorganic growth, you know, mergers and acquisitions, things of that sort. But organically, uh, it was a period of relative flat progression. Um, And what we're seeing now is we're entering a period of many new potential product launches all around the world. So
1: um,
0: quite a few, which is exciting times, um, but very different talent needs and, and HR needs as a result, so that's a little bit of context. I, I know it's very high level, but it's a little bit of context to to say now how do we take this notion of consumerism and, and and apply it to the world of of Merck? Well, the first thing we do is we say where do we start? What's the priority area? And what we're what we're starting to see quite clearly is because we are in a mode of product launches and looking to drive growth and we're innovating in in new areas like oncology, for example, would be one specific Mm. area. Um, We need to go out and attract people with different knowledge, different skills, different capabilities than we had in the past. And so as oncology, as an example, it's very important for us to go out and when we're engaging with these talent pools that we're sourcing in the right places and that we're sourcing for the right kinds of talent and that we're presenting to them an an employee value proposition or an employee brand that resonates with them, you know, whether they're, you know, senior in their career, whether they're, you know, recent graduates, wherever they land in the, you know, the generation life cycle. And, you know, the, the same old processes of, you know, have a new job, post the job, Interview the, yeah. the candidates. Put them into the doesn't quite work anymore for this. You know, we had to really show up that yes, we are a serious player in a new therapeutic area. This is a place where you can grow, and it is a 125 year company with a with a great history and a lot of other things that are sort of there that we've done that sh- that should resonate as well. So, really turning that that lens on for example the the talent sourcing and the recruiting and staffing sort of end to end process is a uh, is the first area of priority mm-hmm. i think you would mention digital and technology enablement in your in your opening there mm-hmm. and i i think one of the things that you see and you know logical question is well what does it look like right what's what's an example yeah. of being uh you know Consumeristic in your thinking of your processes, well, you know everybody's walking around now and, and basically married to their phones as much as anything else and you know I saw a study recently that said the average person now looks at their their phone hundred and fifty times per day um, right. well yeah, I can you, know, you them. have to, exactly right, so you have to meet them where they are i mean the the days of seeing a a job posting you know, in a newspaper and sending in a resume and and maybe a few months later you'll get a response and maybe you won't. You know, those are behind you. So you have to start thinking about how are you engaging your candidate pool? How are you engaging passive candidates? And how are we contacting those people that have this oncology, as the example, capability, Mm -hmm. and then getting access to them and, and, and meeting them in their In the world that they have. So what mobile technologies, what solutions, you know, there's an app for everything is kind of the the way things are evolving right now. How do you tap into that, that kind of process thinking and design and innovation and, you know, what do you develop internally versus partnerships that you engage with externally is all a part of the, the ongoing shaping of what our approach will be for this in the in the years to come. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. But, yeah, it's it's really top of
1: mind, isn't it? It's like say where where do these people play? You know, um, yeah. How can you turn their heads? How can you you know be in be at the top of their their mind? Um, yeah, technology definitely is driving a lot of that. Yeah, so how do exactly. You, see, you know, benefits to the business. I mean, are there, are there any any other kind of key benefits to the business side you're seeing as a result of you know consumer centric approach? Are there yeah know, affecting productivity
0: and yeah, that's no, a great question. Um, I, I think, you know, for Merck specifically, there's some clear and evident ones. And I think for industries in, in general, you know, every article that you read and every you know, webcast or podcast that you listen to these days, uh, people are talking about the pace of change and the dynamic nature of business and also just how hard it is to be in that space of a growth company. Um, you know, there's there's many that are achieving it. And and that's great, but there's also many that are struggling to achieve it. And so um, one of the pieces of benefit that I think is universal, but certainly applies within the context of Merck, is this notion of differentiating yourself and showing yourself to be a company that can win in that kind of environment, business environment, where agility is key, being dynamic is key keeping up with the times, as it were, and showing that you're willing to invest in your people. Because if you're not if you're not willing to invest in the attraction and sourcing of your of your um you know new capabilities, it would really say a lot about you as a company, right? You how do you expect yeah, to win right. when the when the chips are down. So to me the the business objectives and the business goals really go hand in hand with why we're doing this work. You know, the reality is Um, again, using the oncology example that I was playing on before, um, we're not the only player in that space, right? If you look across the pharmaceutical sector, there's a few key competitors that are out there. And we're not necessarily even the lead competitor in that space, although we're making great strides and advances. And so fundamentally, when you're out trying to attract employees, and when you're trying to, you know, initiate sort of the the right kind of enthusiasm from us from a candidate pool that you haven't tapped into before it is mm-hmm. that is the business strategy right this the senior leadership needs to be involved the employee network needs to be engaged you know we need to be showing up as one company showing what the value proposition is for them and showing why for you know the right kinds of people the right kinds of candidates those that that can uh, help us achieve the types of results that we're looking for as a business, and that can achieve their own personal ambitions and goals, and and make a mutually uh, productive relationship. Why this is the right place for them? So, um, in my mind, uh, it, it's absolutely crucial. And you can you can start to get into things where you're quantifying this, right? Where mm-hmm. what types of capabilities are you hiring for, and then what's the impact to your you know commercial growth into your manufacturing mm-hmm. capability and supply chain and you know the opportunities for data and to show you yeah. the the benefit is
1: endless so in terms of you know the challenges what would you say the biggest challenges of introducing you know these kind of disruptive approaches to HR inside the
0: organization are ah uh, that's another great question one challenge that's always out there is mm-hmm. um comfort with the routine, the status quo, and being able to break. You know, anytime you're talking about something like a paradigm shift where we used to be all about establishing a uh, a foolproof policy that, you know, spoke to every single potential exception that could be addressed and and have that manifested through your processes, um and then changing that on its head to being a well. what are we trying to achieve what's the employee benefit from this what's the manager benefit from this um, that is quite a paradigm shift and re- resistance to change can take many many different forms some of it can be not seeing a different solution and so therefore not mm-hmm. being willing to step off that cliff and 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 trust that you can innovate your way and find a better solution I mean, we're seeing a lot of companies change their performance management approach, right? And moving away from, yeah. you know, the standard once, twice a year kind of feedback sessions and making it more in the moment and about teams and, you know, great innovations, right? Um, well, one of the barriers to innovation and one of the biggest challenges anywhere um, is if you don't see a time-tested, proven solution that's better than what you have and it's quantifiable in its return – on that investment you're making, you will find a lot of people, and sometimes it's wise, but you'll find a lot of people that are unwilling to take that chance to make those uh, sort of bold steps mm-hmm. into a new future and uh, That jumps out to me as being sort of the preeminent concern it's it, you know you can do a lot mm-hmm. of things um, but if you don't win the hearts and minds piece and drive the change management and the journey. Uh, you're, you're going to have a hard time achieving the intended results. So, so on that point, is there any advice that you
1: would you would give then to HR leaders on you know, moving away from the status quo of processing
0: policies to a greater focus on, on their people? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think the piece of advice that I would give, and I think the thing that's been most impactful for us, is know what you're good at, know what your core strengths are, And know what you're not so good at and what you're going to need to do to leverage um, externally. And it might be uncomfortable because you get into what's your focus as an internal HR organization versus what partnerships do you leverage, what consultancies do you engage with, how do you leverage the network of human resources, um, professionals and knowledge and capabilities that sits outside of your domain and tap into that and then be able to sort of draw on that and pull it into your own realm. And so I've spent quite a bit of time over the past uh, two years talking to and meeting with people that have similar jobs or similar responsibilities, but don't sit in my industry. And, you know, some things you learn, some things you see, some things you don't. But the the benefit of that has been when I get into these conversations internally. With, with HR leaders or business leaders that I'm talking about trying to drive these kinds of changes, the questions that they have, somebody's experienced that. Somebody's experienced the version of that, or you can learn some lesson and draw on that. Because at the end of the day, you know, human resources is, is different in industry to industry in some ways, but it's also very similar in a lot of ways. And so learning across that network, uh, to me, is incredibly valuable. The second Piece of advice that I think is is just as important of this as as that first piece is. it all comes back to the right level of sponsorship and the right time and place to be doing these kinds of things in your company. And you know, mm-hmm. it might be the greatest idea in the world. It might be something that could make a, a a huge difference in your in your business in your company. But if it's not the right time, because You know, who knows? Maybe there's a you're launching some major products, or you're experiencing some sort of major uh, cataclysmic event that's occurring within your business. You know, there's a time and place for everything, and so I think just being able as an HR professional to understand the climate and the the appetite for change and the capacity for change at your enterprise, at your company level, is crucial in having the right sponsorship, business and HR sponsorship. To be able to see that through, the kinds of change that you're talking about, to see it through and to be willing to invest or redeploy resources accordingly to drive it is, uh, is really of fundamental importance. Having a good, strong business case, you know, there's really no substitute for that. Um, so that was Rick Hall, I'm Executive
1: Director, Human Resources Global Service Delivery at Merck, discussing the shift towards a more consumer-centric approach to HR.
0: For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.